Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. They were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, stamped and scored! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joined, as always, by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Will, how are things? I'm doing well. Another very exciting weekend of rugby and we have an absolutely blockbuster weekend to come over over the Easter weekend, starting on Good Friday. And I have my stopwatch at the ready. I know I was a stickler for time last week. A few people were tweeting about it. Now, the stopwatch has been binned this week. At the pull rank, at the pull co-host yeah. rank. I'll, I'll keep a mental note on the time this week, but I won't, you know, I won't, I won't be as explicit last week because I, I think I, got, I maybe got in the way a little bit, you know, I micromanaged it. Yeah, yeah, that was, it was very poor. Although, it actually, it was... Uh, a bit of a non-event, so you were probably right to cut it short or attempt to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, it was uh, disappointing, disappointing a little bit. I thought we'd get a bit more. I thought there'd be a few more fireworks. Um, you know, they've got a real kicking in the media this week, and I'm sure they'll be kicking themselves as well um, from the Munster perspective. On the Leinster side, very, very impressive, Will, I thought. I thought they looked really good, bar the finishing. Um but you'd probably expect that if they haven't, you know, they were integrating a number of guys back in from Ireland camp. So I probably expected there to be a few mistakes through the game. I think you saw that on the Leinster side, but I just didn't think we'd see the lack of physicality on the on the Munster side. Lots of people talked about, you know, how narrow they were in defence. And there were a few issues there as well. But I thought they lacked a bit of physicality in there. Um, I thought Leinster got a lot of you know, not even gain lines, but ones that they should have been probably going back if the team was up for it defensively. Um, and they got a lot of those that were, you know, kind of like a neutral carry that you know, they kind of, the video analysis would call it neutral carry. They got a good few of them when they shouldn't have. Um, and then they got, I mean, the amount of missed tackles and line breaks. And I just thought it was down to, you know, yes, some poor, you know, positioning, et cetera, and thinking about getting yourself in the right position. But I thought the intent was, was not great for a final. Um, so it was disappointing. Uh, I, even though, obviously, you know, everyone will know I, I obviously want Leinster to win, but I really thought it would be a real uh, ding dong battle, you know, one of those ones. So uh, it wasn't that. It was disappointing. Yeah, we're bringing Keen Tracy now. Delighted to have you on this week. Keen, how are you getting on? Hey, lads. How are you getting on? Yeah, Just listening it- to, to Luke there talking about Munster's lack of beef. There's only one solution to that, and you know that. You know what that <laughs> is? Just sign another South African. <laughs> yeah. I joke. I joke. I joke. Yeah, well, it's definitely something we're going to get to in a little bit. But firstly, one thing that Luke said there, I suppose, like the, maybe the lack of the aggressiveness or being fired up because for me going into the game and I think a lot of people were, they gave Munster not only a huge chance they probably thought Munster this was a time to end that drought and you think back to maybe I was thinking Croke Park 2009 the way Leinster played not the, the intangible kind of aggressiveness or the narkiness or the, or the fire or the spirit that was there that day that they needed to get over the line I thought that was completely absent at the weekend that's what I was kind of wondering about there's obviously questions about game plan and attack but I was just like some key guys there who hadn't won a trophy in their Munster careers. CJ Stander about to retire, Omani, some of these legends of Munster rugby. I just didn't think there was that kind of spark, that intensity, that fire that we associated with, you know, say that game in Croke Park where Leinster finally got over the line. Yeah, no, there wasn't at all. I mean, I think, you know, you look at CJ Stander, you're right, Ty Byrne, they're coming off pretty good Six Nations campaigns and they were anonymous. To me, they looked absolutely shattered, both of them. Um, I probably... Uh, underestimated how tough it was going to be for someone like Stander to, you know, get up for 
a final and I know it's a final but so so soon after last week I'd imagine it was a hugely emotional week is that ex- an excuse I'm not sure Ty Byrne has obviously played a huge amount of rugby he looked shattered O'Mahony did not have a good game um, so when your big players who like you mentioned are like you're reliant on them in the big games and they don't perform you're really up against it I mean like I was writing on this in about this in Monday's paper for me, like there, there were differences all over the pitch between Munster and Leinster. Like we can like literally go through them all if you wanted. But for me, the most stark was the front row. Um, I think the the difference in the two front rows is was just like light years. Um, and you're not even talking about just the scrum battle per se, but it's just in terms of like carrying, tackling, how Leinster are using their front row. Like I mean, Andrew Porter, I thought had a brilliant game. Ronan Keller was outstanding Keen Healy probably had his best game for a while and then you bring off bring Tyke Furlong off the bench Munster just don't have that punch and I mean they probably started okay with the exception of Kilcoyne who was obviously carrying an injury like that was pretty close to their first choice front row and you're just going nowhere against a team like Leinster uh, if you're losing the the battle up front so for me that was very very worrying particularly going into you know I know we'll get to Toulouse game later but like I mean if you if they thought they had a tough last week against that Leinster front row, a front row of Sierra Boy, Julian Marchand and Charlie Famuina is going to be pretty tough as well. So it's been a very, very frustrating few days for, for Munster. Um I mean, I was just so disappointed that they didn't that they didn't fire a shot, but it was that they didn't look like firing a shot in any sort of a different way. Like they've played Leinster so often over the last few years that you know they've like they know exactly what's coming but unfortunately Leinster knew exactly what was coming as well I mean like just to go through some of the numbers it's six defeats in a row uh, to Leinster which is a new record it's never happened in the fixture uh, I think Munster have lost the last four knockout games against Leinster and Van Gran has now lost nine out of ten games against Leinster since he's taken charge um, like that is a horrific uh, record whichever way you want to dress it up and Okay, like it's important to acknowledge in all of this that Leinster are a serious team and their like their strength and depth is is unrivaled. But to beat Leinster, you need a few things to go your way. And Luke kind of touched on it earlier. You need them to have an off day. And they had an off day in attack. Like, I mean, they butchered four first half tries that really should have been tries that you'd expect Leinster to score. So if if they had been honest, that scoreline would have been a hell of a lot worse than than it was. So it was hugely disappointing, despite kind of what um, kind of has come out in the wash in the last couple of days, maybe with Stephen Larkin's comments. I mean, I just thought it was a, a hugely disappointing performance and it's been a strange few days, I think, afterwards as well. Yeah, Luke, as, as Key mentioned there, like if you're looking for an opportunity, once to go in at the break, six all, where by rights they probably should have been maybe 26 down, given the, 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 the balance of plays and the couple of chances Denster had. Like Munster should have been bouncing out of the dressing room for the second half, thinking that they were like, okay, we had our poor performance. We got that little bit of luck that maybe deserved us in some of these other knockout games against Leinster. But instead, it was Leinster who did all the running in the second half. Like, you know, for you, you know, you mentioned a couple of things there, but because, you know, Van Grant spoke afterwards and said, oh, you know, they're a good bit ahead of us. Like, I know Leinster have great strength and depth. You can only put 15 guys out in the field at once. You, you I can't was play, just say that. You can't I, play I, the entire squad. I know they have a good bench too, but no one can tell me that with the two team sheets there, that Leinster should be winning as easily or as comprehensively as they did at the weekend. Um, I completely agree with you. I, I think over the course of a season, the depth certainly will tell. But this is a knockout match. It's a final. So really, it's your your 23 best guys. Um I think there's undoubtedly a difference, but I think there was a difference for the first 60 minutes. There wasn't a difference when that Leinster got the guys off the bench. You might say, look, Leinster definitely had a, a, like a really star-studded bench. Wouldn't argue with you there. There was definitely an edge in, in that in that department. But other than that, they outplayed them with the 15 guys on the pitch. Um, you know, I think I will say, like I think we we need to be a little bit calm about this because I think there isn't as big a difference. I do think that Munster had a bad day. I will say that, because uh, I, I think they got some of the basics wrong that you'd expect them to get right in a, fi- in a, in a final. I thought defensively they were miss. you know, I, I mentioned that earlier on. It wasn't a throwaway comment because I had a look at the game again. 
just to just I just want to get a sense of the game. And I was just thinking, you know, I didn't I saw a few guys go backwards. I saw lots of people on the Munster team. These are kind of weird things, but just humor me for a second. I thought defensively there was loads of missed tackles, like really poor ones. I saw loads of people in bad positions. I saw loads of people getting in a bad position, but no one else in the Munster defense following them in. So if someone makes a bad decision, generally you can get yourself out of it. If someone else outside you or inside you covers you or backs you up or does the same thing as you, you can generally turn those situations around. They didn't do that well. Um, they scrambled well, but you'd expect that in the final. Like that's the bare minimum. Um, if you're if you're having to scramble that much, there's there's bigger issues. Can I, I just th- touch on that for a sec, Luke? Because I couldn't agree with you more. Like so much has been made of that, and like Larkin has said it that oh, we scrambled very well. But is the point of scrambling not that you've made an error that is putting you in the position to scramble in the first place? Because you're right. I mean, Munster missed 35 tackles, which is just insane. But I don't, I don't like I don't understand this. Um, we scrambled well. Like that's fine if you're actually defending well and you're not putting yourself in the situation. But it's too much being made of that. Do you think? Oh, I think so. I, I think that's look. Um, as far as I'm concerned, in that respect, like yes, there's a little bit of technical stuff there. You got to be calm. Can't make rash decisions. But most of it is actually desire. It's oh, I, there's a, there's there could be a problem here. I'm going to work a little bit harder. I'm going to cover for someone there. Um, or I've made a big, you know, what up and sorry, fuck up. I may as well just say I made a hook up. I need to get back in there pretty quick. Um, that's just desire and want. I think every athlete should have that regardless of sport. So yes, of course you want to make good decisions, get yourself out of bad situations, but you shouldn't be getting in those in the first place. And that's, that's what we're getting out there. I thought, they made some f- very poor decisions at rook time. I've said this about Munster quite a bit over the last while. I still feel like there's a mentality there where they try and be a little bit sneaky and, you know, they're on the edge around the rook just a little bit too much. I thought they gave away some poor penalties at the start of the match to put them under pressure um, when I didn't really think there was a need, uh, need for it. Uh, I thought some of the inaccuracies, I thought, you know, guys, the, pa- the passing quality was poor. Um, you know, I don't think that helps. I think they, you know, when they needed to hang on to the ball, when they needed to create something, the pass quality was poor. I thought they moaned to the referee a huge amount instead of actually, there was loads of times when Leinster guys were, might've been on the edge. Um, and sometimes you get the rub of the green in, in games. I thought there was loads of guys talking to the referee and the linesman instead of just getting in there and rucking someone out. And, you know, if and if if some if the Leinster guy was going to get the penalty, at least make them pay for it. At least make them go, well, I think, I think, you know, the next time I'm in this position, I'm going to think twice. They're all kind of weird things. I, you know, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm hoping people will kind of humor me on them and say, oh, yeah, maybe I'll have a look back at the game. That was a bit weird. A lot of those things are things you can control and fix. And I think Munster can get that right. One thing I would say just before I close and, and, and let Keen in, um, the front row thing with Leinster, no one has a front row as good as Leinster. I, I wouldn't, I, I honestly think that the Munster front row is, yes, it's not as good as Leinster's. But what you get from Leinster's front row around the pitch, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone else in Europe who has six people or seven people in their front row contingent that can play rugby like the Leinster guys. I think that's just a blessing. Leinster went through a real barren patch there. Um, just, uh, just I think it was just when Keane Healy was coming in, they persisted with the, with the guys and they put loads and loads of time into that area and it's bearing fruit now. And it brings us to us that other point about getting people in short-term fixes. Leinster did that for a little bit, but it didn't really work for them. And all their best guys, like you look at this, there's, you know, there's Lencer props then in Munster, there's Lencer props at Ulster, there's Lencer props every, like they put the time in to the guys at a, at a young age. And that's what's bringing all these great guys through. So I, I'm, I'm, I think there's, there's a, a bit to kind of digest there, but I wouldn't be overly focused on that area because I think Lencer are very lucky. Could I just, could I just touch on that? Um, like, I, I think you're spot on. Of course, there's a big gap. But for me, I just think Munster in the front row are too reliant on Dave Kilcoyne anyway to get the carries. I don't think they get the same from uh, really their hookers, to be fair, and certainly not from their tight heads. I think the sooner Salanoa or Keenan Knox comes through, they, they need, they're just not dynamic enough, I don't think. And while, okay, I, I accept it might be unfair to compare them to that Leinster front row, I think at the very top level, they're still, they're still short there. Um, but they look probably, at, do you think they should be looking at someone like Sean Cronin? Probably not. I mean, he's, like, I mean, he's a Limerick guy. 
uh, you know, he's he, you know, he wasn't even on the bench on the on, on the weekend. He's still, as far as I can see, a, a, a brilliant rugby player. He could give them the extra little bit that they need around the pitch. I don't know. What would you, what's your solution to it, Keen? I don't know is the short answer because I think, and I know we're going to get onto it, like with regard to a different position. I think in other areas of the pitch, Munster are like clearly have de- strength and depth coming through. I think Hooker is probably an area where they just don't have it. Like you look at Leinster again, and I don't want to keep bringing it back to Leinster, but like someone like Dan Sheehan coming through, and Ronan Keller, obviously who's a similar age. Like Munster don't have someone like that coming through, which is probably what made it more surprising that like okay they want to beef up their pack again ahead of next season but for me they're looking maybe in the in the wrong area um and just to touch on I thought the referee was quite poor I have to say at the weekend and like not just from a monster point of view I thought the breakdown was an well, just to come in on the referee like Andrew Porter probably should have been sent yeah. off in the first I was going to say that like, yeah. like that's a stone cold red I thought yeah. But I, it's, sorry, Will. He it sounded like he got feedback that it because he wasn't uh, it wasn't a forward motion that it was okay. There was feedback. Yeah, he did. Did see the other angle from behind? Yeah. There was they an angle saw from they just behind to the left. It, he's clearly putting in the, in the in the modern environment which we live. It was staggering that that wasn't actually stopped and checked mm. like for a longer time. I I know you're right, Will. Like the TMO did have a look at it, but it was crazy and like. That is a potential game changer. I mean, you know, I'm not. We obviously don't know what would have happened, but I thought the referee was quite poor. So I know you're kind of saying that Munster were kind of giving out and stuff. I thought it was so frustrating. I thought the breakdown was was a bit of a mess. But look, it's not the reason Munster lost. There are far more issues at play here. Yeah, one thing I'd like to ask you both about is, you know, looking at the sheet here. You know, you mentioned a few statistics earlier. Like in the last three games, Munster played against Leinster. They haven't scored a point in the second half. You know, in terms of people wanted to see an, ev- an evolution in their attack, you know, to not score in the second half of, of three matches against your biggest rival. Like, what do, you, what do you put that down to? Is that a malfunctioning attack? Is that, you know, just poor performances on the day? Luke, is that Leinster's defence stifling them? Because, you know, that just jumped out to me. I actually couldn't really get my head around it when I saw, that's what, 240 minutes of rugby, no points scored. I don't see. I, I I didn't really feel at any point that they built any pressure in terms of like real territory or points. You know, I thought they probably had a, they pro- probably the wrong option with Connor Murray. I think to go for that one. I don't think that's a high percentage one. I don't think he's gotten many of them either. Um, and I think they could have done with some time in Leinster's half. It would have been nice to finish the half down there. Um, in in the Leinster in the Lens, you know on the 22 at the very minimum, you know, they have a very strong mall. They didn't use that. Like, I think Munster have always had, or in, in my year or just before when I, you know, I suppose I started 06. So the, the real height of Munster power, they were a real cup rugby team. I always felt that. I always felt like they really understood pressure. They understood when to slow the game down. They understood when, you know, even with a brilliant line out, they might just throw it to two and maul it and, you know, use Rogers kicking game. I, I think there's an element of that. Like I was looking at um, a few of the stats that have kind of been thrown out this week, and I see, you know, they've lost three finals since 2015. I think it is in the in the league. Is that right? Three league mm. finals. Yeah. Uh, I think they've lost seven. Is it seven semi-finals uh, in the in the Heineken Cup since they since they won it in 08? Um, like I think, have they become a team that isn't great? At you know when it really counts, have they? Is that something that they need to think about? Is that something that they need to say? Well, like, look, in terms of to, to come back to your start about the second half, like it's clearly not a fitness thing. There's no fit. There's no difference in fitness. Both squads have you know some very good athletes. Both squads have good finishers. Both squads have plenty of power to get them there. But I suppose you have to ask yourself, what are they like in the in in the kind of key moments? So the second half, like we know, that's when that's when the game is really decided. If it's a close one, it was six six at half time. What decisions are they making? Are they are they going for it too early? Are they not playing enough you know enough rugby down in the in the opposition's half against good teams? Uh, have they no? Do they have a kicking strategy to get down there if they can't get around them with their ball handling, or if they can't bully another team with their pack? Which I think has been you know lots of times I look at Munster, you know they can very much be. You know, they can run over some teams with their aggression in Tolman Park in the tight exchanges. But when it comes to the really big games against the big teams, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're so big and strong that they can do that to other to to, to like an Exeter or to a well, we might see in the weekend, but a, to a Toulouse or to a Leinster. I don't think they can do that. Have they got another strategy to get down there outside of Conor Murray's box kicking? I think that's a reasonable question to ask. Yeah, and Keen, just on that point, like as Stephen Lackham 
afterwards said, I think I saw the quote was that, you know, we have the game plan and we have the skill. We just, you know, we, we were just edged out on the day. And then I know he spoke again, in, I think a separate press conference kind of about the error count and how actually Lentz's error count was marginally higher. So if you look at it from that perspective, you know, maybe Munster were very close to him. And, um, you know, brings kind of, you know, the, the issue of the game plan in. Luke, you know, was quite, you know, wondering if they did have it, it all there to, to, to really get past Leinster. Like I think, I think I've actually seen improvements in Munster's game plan this season. I, I have to say, the problem is it's been against absolute dross in the Pro 14. And while some supporters, like you know, it, it, like people should be getting excited when they see that, like no matter who the opposition is. But what is the point in playing like that in the Pro 14 when it comes to that you don't like even come next or near playing a game plan like that? And I'm not saying a big, open, wide, expansive game plan was the way to go against Leinster. But surely they had to do something different this time. I mean, the, the same thing over and over again is clearly not working. Yeah, like, I would, like it, it's clear that Van Grand, that's Van Grand's style when it comes to the big games because we've seen it time and time again. Like, they have the one, the, the single game plan. I mean, I don't know what the dynamic is like between the two of them, but I can't imagine that Stephen Larkin is sitting there going, well, this is great. Like, I'm sure he'd like to be playing a bit more expansively. But I guess, like, his quotes in yesterday, like, you're right, they were bizarre. Um, and I think it's it's fair enough for a coach. A coach isn't going to come out um, and talk to us and start hammering his team. Like, absolutely not. No one is expecting that. But I thought it was interesting to see a bit of the reaction on line like from monster fans um like they like they're, they're not fools so while you're coming out and saying that you know the stat about the the error count and that you know we're, he, i think he said it, the quote was uh we're pretty evenly matched which goes totally against what van grant said after full time that <laughs> that's why it was funny like the head coach and the, his assistant ahead. hang on he said so there was something that i i just well as soon as i heard this word i was thinking that's so defeatist he said i think he there's a quote somewhere where he said once they got ahead, it was they're always going to be impossible to yeah. get back. So you once, one, so once Lens to go ten ahead, it was once Lens when when Lens to go ten ahead, they're like impossible to to be. As soon as that that word should never be in your vocabulary. Like all it takes is actually like you can get at this Lancer team. Look at what Saracens did to that Lancer team. Like they're miss they were missing loads of guys, missing loads of front. Like you know, Tyg Furlong. In fairness, Porter was brilliant on the weekend, but you know, Sexton. There was no Gary Ringrose. There was loads of like no James Lowe. There was loads of like no James Ryan. Like I'm just I was flabbergasted that that word was even in his vocabulary. The game isn't that hard, so it wasn't going well for them. It was certainly at the at the pace the game was being uh, was being played at. They were struggling to get into the game defensively. They they needed to just slow it down. So like, what do you do there? Like in my so what I'd be thinking is right. Let's just pick and go. I, I know that's really negative, right? But you need to see if you need something needs to change. You need to get control back. How do you do that? You can hang on to the ball by doing that. That's something you can control. Teams will often, if you do that for a long period of time, the opposition team will often give away a penalty that gives you a chance to get down the line, you know, have them all, you know, you know, there's loads of like small things you can do, simple, simple things to just get a little bit of control, to calm down, to get back down the other end of the pitch. These are all things. It's not impossible to get back in a game. We've seen, look at the six nations all the way through. It's not hard. It's, it, 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 the hard thing to do is to change the mindset to be possibly maybe a little bit negative for 10 minutes. No one wants to hear me say that, but that's how that's how you do it. You calm it down when it's not going your way. It was clearly not going their way. Um, and you also get the referee back on your side if you're doing things like this. It's not impossible. I hated to hear that. Yeah, um, just, just to come in, just what he, what he actually said, just so we have clarity. Uh, he said, we had a lot of belief, but once they go two scores up, nobody can. Catches them. That that was the exact quote. Just because, just I, so think, we... I I thought I heard an impossible. I, I saw an impossible in there somewhere. But uh, okay, unless I'm 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 going to have to try and find that. But that was what I saw, and it stuck in my mind because I'm thinking a coach saying like, what kind of coach is saying that? That's not a good thing to say at all. Uh, I, now he might have been hurting after the game, trying to defend his position, and Lencer have been very very good for a long time. But I don't want to hear. That's as soon as I hear that, I'm thinking that's the wrong thing to say. The messages, I think, from coming out of the Munster camp are, are just so mixed at the moment. Um, not just kind of Larkham going, you know, against um, what Van Gran said, but like, like even Van Gran after the game spoke about, um, I think he was asked, um, 
you know, why were the scores so close and you played kind of more expansively in that? I think it was the game, the first game back after lockdown. Yeah. And he, he kind of said, oh, the weather was was very good then. And you're kind of like, number one, you're in the wrong part of the world coaching if you're if you're going to be relying on the weather. Number two, I know it was pretty windy last weekend, but the weather wasn't that bad. And number three, if we're going to call a spade a spade, if it was a lovely sunny day, yeah. Leinster would have ran riot. So, and I think we've seen enough evidence at this stage to suggest that when it comes to the big games, Munster aren't going to play any differently than what we've seen. Like we, they've been in plenty of big games since Van Grand has been in charge, and it's the same thing over and over again. Now, like I wonder how frustrating that is from a player's point of view. And to be fair, I, I have to say, I do not think the, the players are immune from criticism in, in any of this. Um, they've got to take ownership and responsibility as well. But if the messaging from the coaches, like I, I just don't see like a, a big buy-in to what this, what this game plan is. And of course, like they might turn it around this weekend and make us all look like fools. But it's, it's very hard to see where, where Munster are going forward because... Like I said, the, the, the Van Grand has been here for a few years now and we're just not seeing the improvements. I have those quotes here. All right. Okay, so this to my mind is, I just don't want to hear it uh, from, from my coach. Once they get access to your 22, it's virtually impossible to get the ball off them. That's not true. It's the easiest place to defend on the pitch because you don't have to defend behind your, your, your line uh, or your, your covers are closer to your, your front line. So you have more guys generally. Um uh, and what you have to give Lancer credit for is is that once they go ahead, it is virtually impossible to catch them. Don't want to hear it from a head coach. It's not impossible to catch them. You just have to you have to do a few things. No team is is, is impossible to beat. No team is impossible to get back into the game. Ten points is not unassailable by any means. It's you know two kicks and all of a sudden you just need a try and they feel the pressure. Like Lancer are not immune to pressure. There's no team that like if you can get down there if you can pummel their line. Um, I just didn't like to hear that. Maybe it's because I don't know. Is English a second language? I just don't know. But I'm just that to my mind is is a poor quote. Um, I also thought some of the stuff around the messaging around Sweetenham and JJ Hanrahan was bizarre this week. I know we might be covering that later, but we'll get onto it now. Yeah, yeah, Graham. Well, like I, I to to say that there was no money for them, and then in the same day, like for the sorry, maybe he's had the interview the day before. Uh, but he said it, there was no money to keep them. He would like to have kept them. Um, but to play, know, devil, to play devil's advocate, you know, but well, it's, it's, if, he's to save, if he's trying to save their feelings, just say, thank you very much. Brilliant servant. Um, you know, we'd like to have kept everyone, but, you know, they've gone on to, to new challenges. We wish them all the best. They're Munster, you know. But can it not be true that, you know, if we had a, lo- we had a lovely unlimited budget, I'd love to have a fourth good out half to go with Crowley. And to that's go with- true about everyone then, isn't it? But mostly bar people you're really getting rid of. Yeah, exactly. Like, but <laughs> oh, I, 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 I know it was immediately, it was a very kind of people lo- jumped on it. But then, like, I, I just played devil's advocate. Like, you know, obviously they're different positions. Maybe, like, just- dis- but you can't then, but whoever is doing their media then leaks or whatever. That they were getting a buying, a, you know, a second row. Or sorry, he's a second row slash back row. Like I thought, Coombs was the best player, one of the best players in the pitch on the on, on the on the weekend. He was outstanding throughout the game. So they don't need someone there. They have Ty Burn that can go in there once Snyman comes back. <laughs> it's just just to, just to say, like, and again to play devil's advocate. I don't think they explicitly said there's no money. They said it was difficulties brought about by the pandemic. Of course, we're going to read into that what it is. But come on, no, but, but, <laughs> I, do, come on. but I do agree. Like I do agree with Will. Like there's, I think there's two issues at hand here. So let's let's go through them. Like I would be one who's calling for. Like, let's see these monster young guys, you know, coming through, especially with regard to this new South African guy, Jason Jenkins, coming in. And, like, no disrespect to him, but I just think monster are well covered. But we can't, well, I can't say that. And then, like, you know, they're letting JJ Hanrahan go, who, like, a great fella, but, like, just hasn't really cut the mustard for monster at second time when you've got Jack Crowley, Ben Healy, and Jake Flannery coming through. So, like, it makes sense. Um, Darren Sweetenham has been injured. Like he has never been a Van Grand player. Like these guys are getting really, really class opportunities to go to two French, two big French clubs to restart their career. So 
I think that point is a little bit separate to what we're probably going to get on to now in terms of bringing in another but, South African. But just, but just on Jason Jenkins, like obviously, as you say, him being another South African is obviously very eye-catching given how many they have. But, you know, I, I think Van Gran or maybe it was Lacan, I know they were both speaking yesterday, said that, you know, O'Mahony, say, will be with Ireland. Ty Byrne will be with Ireland. Gavin Coombs will most likely be with Ireland. Like, there will, they, there will be times where... It's good to have an experienced head. Like, look at the value Leinster got from Scott Fardy in some of those away games when they were shorn of all their their experience and and some of their talent. Like, you know, I on the face of it, I was like, oh, this is a really bad move, the young guys. But at the same time, will they not have Snyman? Will they not have Klein? Like, do they not have enough there? Yeah, no, yeah, you you could say that. But if yeah, if, if, if Jenkins is where, in the back row, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but look, but the back row. But sorry, just to jump in regardless of what position and by the sounds of it there sounds like there's a bit of kind of games in the background going on that you know like this guy from what I understand has played most of his rugby at lock but Munster are saying to the IRFU that they're going to be playing him in the back row but Munster aren't really short of back rows either and to say that he's covering Billy Holland Billy Holland has barely played in the back row for a long long time Munster have um the likes of Jack O'Sullivan, Gavin Coombs. And yeah, of course, like we'd, we like, it'd be great to see him in the Ireland squad, but there's no guarantees that like, I mean, there's plenty of competition there as well. There's no guarantees that he will be gone. You've got someone like John Hodnett coming through. Witchley, they got Witchley there. Witchley, yeah. Like there, there's a huge amount of talent in, in both positions. And while I do, I do understand your point, Will, that like, it's important to have experienced guys. Like Luke is right. Like Orgy Snyman is coming back. Like Jean Klein is there. Um, and to me, and this this is probably something that really frustrates me when it comes to this because I like I wrote a piece about this last night, and the second you post a piece like that on Twitter, you just know what the reaction from you know certain people is going to be. And it's okay if Munster fans like if if so, certain Munster fans are okay with the direction that the club is heading in, that's fine. But I can assure you. Um, like you, you guys know where I'm from. Like I'm from Limerick. Like I can assure you that the people that you see on Twitter who like speak loudest do not speak for a lot of uh, Munster fans. I can like like I said, I know for a fact that lots of Munster fans are seriously concerned about the direction that the province is heading in. Even after the piece that I wrote yesterday, which for anyone who didn't read it, was essentially just saying that Munster needs to protect their identity and promote their own talent rather than getting in a South African for a year. Like I got a couple of messages from people, you know, who were like saying, thank you for writing this piece. So while Munster fans on Twitter are very quick to kind of jump against any criticism, I don't think that's a fair reflection on how a lot of fans are kind of viewing the situation. Look at the likes of my posts. There's a few in there that are pretty telling. I met I met one ex-Munster guy in the shop last night, half eight in the evening. Um Mask on, two meters apart, um, <laughs> and yeah, same thing. Completely agreed. So you, you look, there's going to be a few people who will just keep keep continue arguing. They'll always find something to to, to argue or or, or a, and that's fine. They can go ahead and do that. They're passionate. They don't want to hear it from me particularly. Like I, you know, one of your own, Keen is is saying it there. Like I just think, um, it's 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 the wrong direction to go. I always felt like. You know, what was great about Leinster, yes, they have a few really great guys in. Like, you know, Nasiwa was a great signing. Elson was a great signing. I think um, Fardy has been right up there in, in terms of quality as well. Um, but, like, they're, I think they're real quality guys. Like, I think CJ Stander was a real quality guy. Like, whatever I think about, you know, nationalising, he was a brilliant player for Munster. Like, he was class for, like, he was so good. Doug Howlett was brilliant for Munster. Like, so, like you always need, you always need those guys. You're right. Well, you do, that, you do, and why, that brings the group that's up. What, of yeah. course, and that's why they brought in Dialende and Snyman because oh, these yeah. are two world class performers who are going to make everyone better. Yeah. And and I accept that Jason Jenkins, like I have to admit, I wouldn't know a huge amount about about the guy, but by from what I hear, he has a big reputation. But you're not like he's not like a world class signing in the mold of like your Dougie Howlett's, your you know your Snyman. Like he is a bit of a he is a bit of a punt if you want to call a spade a spade. He's been capped once by the Springboks in 2018 and hasn't played since, and he's now playing in Japan. So it's it's different, Luke, isn't it? Like it's different levels of a hundred. Like sorry, you, you need someone who's going to come in and when you know 
in Leinster's case, Johnny Sexton isn't there to drive the standards. Or in Munster's case, Pete O'Mahony isn't there to drive the standards. Or Conor Murray, uh, you know, whoever it is in your club, you know, you need someone to pick up the, the slack a little bit and show the young guys and go, Jesus, like, that's that's where I need to get to. Like, you look at this, I think it's no coincidence how popular Fardy is in the Leinster dressing room, but also you see how close he is with all the young guys, your Bairds and these guys, they're, you know, hugging after games and they're, you know, whatever it is. Like, they look up to these guys. I'm sure Doug Howlett was the exact same for, for the likes of, you know, Keith Earls or Conway or whoever it was that was maybe there looking at him going, Jesus, like, look, at that's this. Felix Jones is probably a really good example. I'm sure these guys were looking and going, Jesus, like, that's where I need to get to. That's how physically the shape I need to be in. They're the skills. That's where he, he does that every single day in training. No matter, like, if you look at Easton Asiwa in training every day, he was 100%. All his skills were brilliant. He never dropped a ball. All those things feed through the squad. And you need to have one or two of them. You just got to make sure they're really good ones. My concern is that I see people in the Munster side where I think they have real ability. They've got the physical side. You can see they've got some of the skills. But are there like are, is this guy the, the guy to, to take them to a new level? I would suggest he's not. I would suggest he might actually be someone who, yes, he might be very good for the club. But I think these are the guys that have the potential to do that already, but they just need to play them. They need to play them in the big matches. I feel like there's loads of guys in just behind the Munster team that need proper games, need really big games. They need to take a chance on some of them. Like, look at Leinster. I think people are forgetting, what, you know, the, 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 the Matt O'Connor era. But just after that, when Leo Cullen took charge, it was a massive dip. It was a huge dip. But the amount of people that they gave debuts to and the, 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 all the fruit of all of that risk that they took and that little you know dip in form, that's all you're seeing the dividends from that now. That's what that's what we're seeing. And people have a short memory for that. I think someone there needs to say to and they need to say to Van Grant, say, look, we need of course we need the team playing well. But you've got a bit of time here. We're going to give you a bit of time here. So make sure that you blood those guys. Obviously, we need, you know, the, the real coach's ability will come through then. I think, look, we're, we're, you know, Lancaster gets all like a huge amount of the credit. But Leo Cullen has brought a lot of these young Leinster forwards through. And that's what we're seeing now. Yeah. yeah. And then, trust your coach. Just, trust your just, coach. Just, yeah, just touching it. Like, I mean, you're, it's, it's a very good example. I think like five of the Leinster lads, maybe like Furlong and a few others made their debut in the same, same European Cup game. And that is the point about Munster at the moment. We're not talking about, um, no one is saying that the depth isn't there. In fact, it's the total opposite. Munster have probably their most exciting crop of talents coming through right now. And there has to be a system in place that's going to implement that. Because even if you look at how well the province have done with kind of spreading the net far and wide. You look at the amount of West Cork players in the squad at the moment. I mean, Thomas O'Hearn is from Waterford. Like that is hugely, hugely encouraging. Um, so you need someone there, I agree with Luke, who's going to trust these guys. And Munster have used 53 players this season. Leinster have used 57. Like that's another key point in this as well, because everyone always talks about, you know, how many players Leinster bring through. But you've got to play them in, you've got to see more of them in the big games. And, just to touch on like Jason Jenkins coming in, what sort of made it even more kind of surprising is that like, I mean, Murray Kinsella had a story under 42 saying that Munster tried to sign um, Peter Steph Dutoy for next he season. He's a for great signing. He's, a, he's like, do you know what I mean? Sorry, but, go on. But it, 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 yeah, that's what I mean though. Like, I mean, it, it's a different, but at the same time, 600,000 like for, to get him in for, for one season. Like, and then... I guess the point is like the IRFU, but it sounds it didn't didn't sign off on that. Okay, but then the immediate reaction is let's go and get a different uh, a different South African who who does play both positions. I just think I don't know I don't know what kind of message that sends out and people monster fans like like some of them will not agree with this because like again they're happy with the direction that's going, but honestly I know for. Like I know for a fact that there's a lot of young players in that squad like are are disappointed that they're not getting more of a show. They're not getting more of a chance, um, and you can't you can't deny that. Like that, like it's so it must be so disheartening. And well, okay, Munster probably made assurances to the IRFU that um, you know these guys will still be played, but are they going to be played in the big games that like people want to see them? And that for me is probably the most frustrating thing because we've seen so many of them coming through this season and 
not all of them are ready to go in these big games, but it'd be nice to see more of like another Gavin Coombs coming through. No, definitely. It'll be definitely an interesting one to watch to see how much Jenkins plays. Does it does it block some of these good young players coming through? And we could probably talk about it for, for another good while. But just to finish up, I want to talk a bit about Leinster, Luke, especially with night of the weekend. Obviously, they won another Pro 14 title. That's four in a row. But their season will be judged on Europe. And the next two weeks are absolutely massive for them. I actually do think there is a bit, a bit won, of... Sorry? They've already won the next well, two Well, I mean, if they get through the next two weeks. Well, yeah, sorry, they're definitely not going to lose to Toulon. I'm, I'm going to say that. Yeah, I'm joking, I'm joking. This Toulon team are, are not the team they were. But mm. I, think a bit, I think there's a bit of pressure on Leinster. I think they do need to win another European Cup. The squad they have, you know, it's the best squad in Europe in terms of depth. The amount of internationals they have on the team, they're playing well. That was a real statement of intent. I thought that was probably their best performance since maybe beating Toulouse in the semi-final at the Aviv a couple of years ago. Maybe even going back to their, their double winning season. I know they missed a few chances, but in terms of how sharp they looked from 1 to 15, you know, it, it's an interesting period for them. You know, Toulon at home, potentially Exeter away, especially with Saracens, that quarterfinal in the rearview mirror, how tough a loss that was. I, I do feel there's a little bit of pressure on them to actually come home with the European Cup this year. I think there, there, there has been for a while. Uh, I think the expectation is there. I think the quality is there. Coaching is there. I think it's the perfect scenario. So, look, they'll want to be there. They'll want the pressure. Uh, I think they'll need to tighten up on a few things. I thought the finishing was really poor. And some of the passing let them down at key times. Kind of uncharacteristic. Um, but they need to get that right. Like, against in Europe, against the top, the, the top teams... Uh, you know, that's that's a massive challenge. And and too long, like, they'll be hurting. They got absolutely drilled on the weekend. I think they lost by about four, I'm going to say, about high 30s in points, but it was 54 points they shipped uh, against Leon. I think they might have, uh, they're in the teens, I think, anyway. So they, they got smoked on the weekend. That's never good. You never like to see a team, you know, kind of with, with, with the, I suppose, with the opportunity to have a big backlash after that, because I'm sure they would have got drilled in the changing room after. Um, but, like, I think, the, the Exeter one is, a, is is going to be a challenging one if they get, like, I think the expectations they get through this weekend, but the Exeter one is a really, like, it's a difficult draw they have, Will. I will say that in, in, in I suppose, to to offset the, the your comment about the expectation and my, and my comments as well. Um, but I think they have the ability to do it and they should be expecting to to, to win the, the cup. They, everything is falling into place nicely for them. I think lots of their key guys are, I mean, Tyke Furlong coming back into, into any team. Andrew Porter looks like he's coming to, you know, the real four. He should stay at three, by the way. That's crazy talk, moving him to one. Um, and I think, um, you know, Sexton looks like he's playing, he's on fire. You know, a lot of 80 minutes out of him. That's that's great uh, to, to see. Obviously, he's out, I think. Is he out for the, this weekend, I think? Um, TBC. TBC is he, but like Ross Byrne looked very good and they have so much quality outside of me. Robbie Henshaw is playing outstanding stuff. Uh, I, you would hope to see James Ryan. Um, you know, he's, he's massive and he's got a big run in now to try and get back into the, into the mix for the Lions tour. He, he was a cert up until probably six nations. He's had a few injuries. That's not good, but uh, I think he's a brilliant player and he, you know, he is a point to prove. So I think lots of things are working in their favor to come back in, in a very long winded way. Make my point they should be looking to win this and they are the favourites for a reason. Mm. Yeah, Keen. so it's an interesting weekend. You have the Toulouse-Munster game as well and so it's talking about difficult draws. If Munster do beat Toulouse, they could be going back to Claremont once again and even that would only be to get the semi-final. They'd still have a, a long way to go. Um, yeah, it, it, interesting, especially coming off the heels of last weekend. Yeah, and like Toulouse are kind of in a, a strange position in that obviously France had the Six Nations last week, so the Toulouse players are only coming back in this week and they're missing a lot of key men. I mean, Sofia Ngitun is missing, Ryan Elstad is missing because he went back to South Africa to do his pilot license. So um, <laughs> I actually think that's that's a more ridiculous thing than Josh Adams going to a gender reveal party. Uh, like, you know, Josh Adams, uh, I don't know. Really pretty close. Going to get my close. commercial at pilot's least, license. Sorry, at least one is a career. <laughs> like oh, that is just like what an idiot. Anyway, go on. But like Josh Adams was going to like a family home somewhere in, in Wales. He wasn't flying back to South Africa, which is like a COVID hotbed. Like, but hey, you know, we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave but the, it. Th the thing about it is, I mean, he would have been allowed to play in France. It's just that Ireland's um, restrictions obviously don't allow him to. But he's a big loss to them as well. Gitune is a big loss. Um, I think Hugé and Peter Aki, who's another key player, are doubts as well. Ramos is out, I think, as well. Ramos is out. Yeah. They do have a lot of injuries, and 
you know, we saw, I guess, how sluggish Munster were last week. It's hard to imagine they'll be as sluggish this week, but to lose a very short turnaround, like I said, from the Six Nations, but you just look at their quality that they still have. I already mentioned the front row, Marchands. I thought Cyril Boy had a super Six Nations, um, Entmac and DuPont, obviously. So, I mean, they're still stacked full of quality, but... I mean, Munster probably, like, you know, they are always favourites at Toman Park, but not having the crowd there is a massive, massive um, advantage for Toulouse as well. You can imagine the atmosphere that would be there on Saturday. It would have been, would have been brilliant. But, yeah, like, even if Munster weren't to win, like, you just want to see a bit more from them. You want to see a bit more fight. You want to see a bit more of signs of a game plan to break them down because, okay, Toulouse are a different team to, to Leinster. They'll still pose similar challenges, I think, particularly up front. So you want to see like how Munster are going to think their way out of the game because if they bring a similar kind of blunt game plan this weekend, I mean, I just can't see them winning. But, like, yeah, hopefully there'll be signs of improvement. There's opportunities against Toulouse, though. I thought Leinster... So Leinster a couple of years. So when Leinster had them in the group, they uh, I think they did they lose them away. Yeah, uh, it was just, a cracking uh, game. I think twenty eight twenty seven. Yeah, but you remember they got two intercepts, like two crazy intercepts. Leinster were all over them, right? But if you look through the game, they there'll be opportunities there, right? So the first thing I'd be looking at if I was Munster is your defense. It, no one wants to hear me say this because they want to see them play attack and rugby. Can't miss that many tackles if they shore that up. If they can, if they can push them back, if they can get off the line and the tight exchanges, if they can make it stodgy, Toulouse will continue to try and play rugby. That can work against you if you're really on the ball defensively, and you can create opportunities. You can create scoreboard pressure. If you create scoreboard pressure, oftentimes it will lead to try scoring opportunities. I don't don't ask me why that is the case. I think it's down to pressure. I think if people start trying different things in bad areas because they feel like they need to do that to get back in the game, uh, I think that's the way forward for them. I think they have the tools to do that. Um, and I think if the game opens up. You know, they have lots of other guys who can take advantage as well. Uh, you know, I, I would say that Munster, they, the, the first port of call for them now is to get their defence sorted. You cannot be that leaky against, like, a Leinster, but Toulouse will be the same. And actually, they probably have deadlier finishers. So uh, that's the first port of call for them. Sort that out this week. Worry about playing expansive rugby once you've stopped them. Um, because you'll be in the game there. And Toulouse will give away penalties. They will give away penalties make the right call, get scoreboard pressure there. When you get opportunities to kick the, kick a post, aside from you know inside your own half, take them and put them in the corner. Use your strong mold. They've got a really strong mold. They can tire them out. Like As much as Toulouse are on, they're, they're top of the top 14 and they're an excellent team, that, that league, it's slower. It is slower, particularly in the pack. Um, and I think if you can run them around the pitch a bit, if you can keep the ball for large periods of time, if you can maul them and, and take the, 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 you know, squeeze them a little bit um, and move them around at the same time, they could get, I'm telling you, they could beat Toulouse. They can beat Toulouse, but they just need to shore up those few things. Um, without the crowd makes it more difficult, but Tone Park, still a tough place to go and they'll be, they'll be hurting bad. We've, we've abused them pretty bad all week in the media. Um, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a big performance actually. Yeah, speak, so for, I, speak for I, yourself with abusing. I think I think the, a lot of the coverage has been fair. Actually, I mean, you have to. Sorry, sorry. You have to call what you see. Like, I mean, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, it, it it's not good. So you have to call what you see, and it's not about like being overly critical, overly critical. And that's certainly not what I'm ever trying to do. But you can't stand by and watch something happening and go like, okay, this is grand, this is acceptable when it's not. Sorry, not to pick up that, but like, I, I think it does help. Sorry, you're I, right, I, think... I, sorry I, I listened to part of an RTE broadcast and or a podcast and I heard someone say that <laughs> they were talking about like, oh, you know, there's some, some people there who are considered legends in, in amongst Munster fans. You know, should they be considered legends? They're being compared to like, say, Quinny, Leamy and uh, Wally and these guys. They haven't won anything. Are they still monster legends? I was like, Jesus! Like oh, they they yeah. had a they played bad for eighty minutes. They've been stripped of their legend status <laughs> after. Harsh. After, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's been a tough week for them. So yeah, this weekend will be really interesting to see if they could turn around. Just before we finish up, we may get predictions for the two big ones then the Leinster and Munster games. Keen, I'll go to you first. Good Friday, oh brilliant! A five thirty kickoff on Good Friday. What a way to start the weekend. 
I know, and I'm going to both of them as well. Oh, so I'm, oh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty lucky. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see Toulon putting this up to Leinster maybe in the first ten minutes, but I would, I'd expect Leinster to to win to win well there. Um, I actually think it could be a really good game to give Harry Byrne even a start potentially. You know, um, I think it'd be if, great, a perfect opportunity. I think. Yeah, it'd be really good to see to see that happening, even if Johnny Stexon and Ross Byrne aren't fit. Um, Munster, yeah, look. It's classic monster, isn't it? They're backed into a corner, like you said. People have been uh, critical, fairly <laughs> critical, I would say. Um, but they're backed into a corner, like they usually deliver, particularly in Europe. I think if the crowd, if the crowd was there, I, I would like, I would confidently, you know, back Munster. And even still, I do think we'll see a response. Um, they've taken a bit of a chewing. Um, but they didn't deliver on their own high standards last week. I thought, like I said, I thought a couple of the key men looked tired. Hopefully they're fresher this week. They got an extra day off actually on Monday, which I thought was, um, which was interesting just to give them a little bit more time to freshen up, I guess. But you would have thought like every second counts, particularly not having the international guys over the last while. So that was interesting too. But yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying I would expect a big response from Munster and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck it, maybe. Yeah, I think they're actually going to win as well. Uh, Luke? Uh, yeah, I think Leinster will do it. I think they'll have too much. Um, and I think, you know, I think I, I was, I'm was pretty sure you probably guessed I was leaning towards Munster anyway. Um, I think, I hope, I hope Pete's back. Uh, that'll be big for them because um, he's so good in the line out as well. You know, like, I, I just feel like he could be big for them. Um, and they'll be hurting from last week. I'm going to go Munster. Um, yeah, Munster as well. Yeah. And at least if Toulouse lose, Elstad will have his pilot license. So that'll be a nice consolation <laughs> for him, I'm sure, <laughs> going forward. God, thank God. It's post, post, you know, post career. You got to get ready for it. it, it it'll hurt you. It'll, it'll, it's a big change. <laughs> well, it's said to be an absolute cracking weekend. Luke Keane, until next week. Thanks so much for joining me. Cheers, lads. Cheers. That's all we have time for on the left wing this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast reviewing all the Champions Cup action. In the meantime, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or independent.ie. So until next week, thanks for listening and goodbye.